0: boys and girls, it's time again. again, again, again. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. You girls and boys will have lots of fun. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Power to the people. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm mediocre host Jordan with excellent co-host. I'm only giving you co-host this time, Andrew Plaw. Thank you. And today we have a special guest uh, Matt Doust, who has done some things in PowerShell that we've. We, I think he's one of our first highlights. I'm excited to hear kind of the process that goes into everything work, into, into your work.
1: Awesome. Glad to be here.
0: So I guess instead of just uh, tiptoeing around it, you do the the PowerShell Weekly. You do a roundup of what's going on in the community, which it, it covers announcements, uh, interesting articles, new modules uh we used it pretty heavily when we were first starting before we went to the the weekly interview i think you're and you're also one of our first highlights
1: yeah we've been i've been doing that for a few years now i know i hit uh edition 100 last year at one point um but you know it's just a kind of a opportunity for for me to you know give back to the community little bit i know it's it's hard to there, there's so many different things to just kind of see and and do and uh you know out there so you know I, I just kind of started putting together kind of a little weekly list of things that i was learning and it kind of you know kind of grew out from there uh, i had a recent redesign on the site separated it out from my main blog site so that it makes it a little easier to search and everything so you have all the the past history and everything on there I mean, quite a free, few of you guys' <laughs> episodes on there as well so
0: the first time we made it was a big deal for us <laughs> it, it was that happened around the same time that sean wheeler hit us up to correct some of our documentation and those two things <laughs> it, it was very validating for us it felt like we were on the right track it was a big deal for us so thank you for adding us to it oh definitely
1: what it's, it's it's for the community. So, you know, I always always tell other people, you know, it's, it's a it's a hand curated list. I'm not just, you know, searching a hashtag and reposting. You know, I'm it's actually things that you know I found useful, but you know, always open to suggestions and ideas on other things because I mean obviously there's so much out there I can't see everything every week. So uh you know if, if you guys or anybody out there has any uh you know input or things that they want to throw my way on it blame please feel free.
2: Awesome. Um, Matthew, can I call you Matt? Yep. Hey, Matt. So this is psweekly.dows.dev is the PS Weekly thing that we're talking about here. Yes. Um, and quite surprising to hear that you've done so many. Um, and, and it's kind of cool, because I actually hadn't been introduced to you until discovering that. It's, how did you initially get involved in the community? Like, how did you, like, what kind of inspired, like, hey, now I'm going to start giving back. What were you consuming? Just you know, so many blogs and posts and th- things that I
1: would go through on kind of a weekly basis. It kind of started with uh, with my initial well, my, my initial blog was you know through my company, at, at Catapult Systems. Uh, you know, just randomly writing blogs out there for things, and those those kind of tended to be a little more in depth. Uh, and then a, f- a few years back, I I have a OneNote that was just full of all these little snippets and things that you know I've collected over the years. And I was like, you know, trying to figure out a good way to share that with the community. And, uh, you know, part of it was kind of like self-serving, you know, because I'd be on, you know, Stack Exchange or, or Reddit, somebody would ask a question, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I have that here. Let me paste that in there for you. You know, it was make it a little easier for myself to be able to even kind of find those things. So, uh, you know, I built that out. And then, you know, as I was going through, you know, I'd, I'd find other little interesting things that people would put. I was like, you know, that's something I really want to keep record of, but I don't want to like put that in my blog like it's mine you know this this is kind of you know something somebody else developed or something somebody else made and uh so then i started kind of creating posts like attributed to others uh but then uh from there it just kind of grew out as you know hey you know we can kind of put this together you know create a you know a little weekly newsletter to to put out there i saw that there really wasn't anything else out there like that for powershell you know i got some of those from some other, you know, I've seen like a Python one and things like that. So it's kind of, you know, where it grew from. So
2: how have your skills changed as you go through every single week, consuming PowerShell stuff, kind of keeping current, kind of really getting a feel for the community and where people are with PowerShell and using it in the best way?
1: It's, I mean, it helps me continually evolve, you know, just just, kind of seeing the things out there you know some of my favorite things to do is uh you know go to like powershell.org or or reddit and just kind of search through the week's posts you know not so much looking to you know contribute to them but going through and just seeing what other people are asking and and getting some tips and things like that on there you know there's so many so many little things that you kind of pick up from there you know uh, a a good example is a few weeks ago I, i saw a Discussion going on on Reddit on what's the fastest way to uh, create an array, you know, out of a for each. You know, people were going against you know the array versus the list, and you know, somebody says you know if you just put you know variable equals at the beginning of the for each, it's gonna just throw everything from the pipeline in there. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, and you're just kind of kind of seeing those things and, and kind of remembering them, and uh, it's it's actually you know it's helped me. I mean, obviously, I, I'm not, you know, going to retain everything every week, but, you know, a week, you know, a couple of weeks ago, somebody at work asked me a thing about the exchange module updates. I'm like, oh, hey, I, I linked to that the other day. <laughs> Here it is. So it, it it makes a a pretty good, uh, you know, finding little things to kind of help, you know, improve my scripting and you know, my my PowerShell. That's you know, going on. 14 years of using PowerShell, I'm still learning stuff every week, um, as well as, you know, still, you know, kind of creating that catalog really of, of things that I can kind of go back and reference.
0: That, that's a common work. thing. With, with things being posted is a common thing. It's like, I did it so I have a back reference and I'm just glad people find value in it. We hear that quite often. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and no, nothing, it, it actually feels really good sometimes, uh, you know, when you Google a problem and the first thing that pops up is your <laughs> own.
0: Yep.
1: like oh I did solve that before
0: <laughs> I, I think uh, we've all done that I've, I've, I found a video that I did before that solved a problem that I, even watching the video I didn't remember that I'd done it yeah. <laughs>
2: We often tell people to do blogs to kind of keep track of what they learn, and, and you're definitely doing that. Um, but it sounds like you have kind of a different knowledge management system for all your other snippets that you were using prior to blogging and that you can also kind of refer to. Um, do you have any tricks for OneNote? I, I know a handful of people who use OneNote to kind of keep track of their whole list of all their snippets and all their solutions, but you have any uh, usage tips?
1: So so. I actually converted the OneNote into uh, my my main site. So there's the psweekly.douse.dev. but on just the regular douse.dev, it is just full of all the snippets that I have in there. And my reasoning behind doing that was: one, you know, one to share, and two, tagging. <laughs> I I can click on a tag that I have in there. You know, this big cloud tag, and like, oh yeah, there, there's that. You know, and I and I I wrote that site so that it is very, you know, you can expand out and you can get some more details on there, but if you just want to go say, hey, you know, what's, what's the best way to split a string? And it'll go, and, you know, give me some regex examples, things like that, right? You can click on that and it's just going to give you a list of them and you can copy exactly which ones out that you want with a click of a button. So, you know, I'd like, I'd like to say it's all, you know, altruistic, but it, it, yeah, it helps me as well, too, so.
2: That's how you know it's something good. Because yeah. so often the things that help you also, if you do them in a certain way, will help a bunch of other people and can lead to cool opportunities and and new relationships like we're creating right here today. As you listen, audience, we are creating a new friendship yes. with MDAOS.
0: It's always, you think it would have gotten through to me by now that with all this, everyone's like, well, I did it for me first and you just helped other people. But then when I go to try to do something public, I mean, outside of the... The podcast. My thought is, well, I've done it, so that means anyone else can do it. Everyone else has done it, and I struggle getting past that barrier. So if I just look at it it's like I'm doing it for my future reference, so I don't forget, and then just ignore the rest, maybe that's. uh I, I mention all the time. Maybe I need to just change my focus.
1: Yeah, yeah that, that's 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 a really good way of kind of putting putting it out there. You know, I, I kind of had that same thought process in the past, where like if you look at my initial blogs, they are very long, detailed, you know. An entire series like way back when on you know service manager PowerShell module and, and how to work with that and, and things like that. And you know, af- after a while, there's there's always going to be some repeat in there, but you know, again, it's it's if, if you're if you can kind of put it together in one spot, it makes it a little easier for yourself. And there's always, you know, like I said, that there's a million different ways to do anything. I like, think uh, I remember listening to a talk, I think it was Don Jones. Quite a few years ago, it was like TechNet 2014 or something, and uh, he was talking about you know, they, uh the first like kind of scripting challenge they ever did, they opened it up to the public to comment on, and it just went crazy because everybody had a different opinion on what was the best way to do a particular thing. So I mean, even if somebody's done something similar, it, it, they may not have done it in the same way, which I've found quite a, quite often. So it's kind of nice to see different ways to do that. When I see all the time is like the file cleanups, right? Everybody wants, you can go onto any forum and just, there's going to be at least once a week somebody asking how do I clean up old files. <laughs> You'll find a million different ways to do it, but you know, just, and you might not be doing the same thing, but seeing how that they're, you know, manipulating the data or parsing things like that, it can help you, uh, you know, with those other things. That's kind of what I look at when I'm looking at those
0: like posts. I had uh, something similar for, uh, I can't remember what the, the code was for, but someone made a comment, uh, they thought I looked like I had uh, taken code from PowerShell version 2, <laughs> just by the way it looks. And Overall, I just asked for him to clarify, and he came up one part where I could have shortened up the first and make it cleaner, and I, I did follow those through. But the next part was just him not understanding what I was doing. I was following Josh King. Yeah, I was following Josh King's example on PowerShell for Speed, which was uh, a faster version, it doesn't look as intuitive as I guess if you read uh, PowerShell regularly, but it was faster. So I think we both came away with the uh, advantage. We did it different ways and so we both came away with uh, improvements. I thought it was pretty handy. Yeah, definitely.
1: Especially when you start getting into pipelines and all that. <laughs> those other things. Tell you the, the, the best thing I ever did was create a, uh, or I bought a gaming keyboard and I programmed some of the macros in there to be able to, you know, type out a. Uh, you know, a custom ps object for me, it, it shell it, and, you know, or uh, a list, you know, array, and just because of those things I type all the time. But I, God, I hate trying to remember, you know, system dot 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 dot. It's like, okay, you know what, there's my
2: macro. <laughs> and, and when you approach things and create solutions and tools like that, you don't have to remember everything and you don't have to like force your brain to remember all this stuff. You just have a system and you just do what you do. Yep. Um, and because your website and because of whatever other macros and what other tools in your tool belt, you know, things are easier and you're able to do more and be a huge resource to your coworkers. Cause you know, being current on all this stuff and having awareness of this database kind of thing that you created, um, you know, helps improve things at work even. Yeah, definitely. I really need to blog some more. <laughs> uh,
1: I've, I've been placking on there too, but
2: well, I think uh, you've been writing some other things lately. Yeah. Tell so, us about this awesome book project you have. Yeah,
1: so uh guys, it's been so it's a year now uh since you know started conceptualized to uh to actually write the book. So uh wrote a book Practical uh, Automation with PowerShell. And the, the the focus that I wanted to take on the book is uh you know, to really take somebody who knows PowerShell, but then take it beyond you know a basic command line language or scripting language, and then show really how to use it as an automation platform. Like if you if you look at you know you know the Microsoft documentation for PowerShell, it says that it's an automation platform, which it is. Uh, so you know, it really uh, now I wanted to kind of teach you know how to how to how to think like an automator? You know, it's a lot of the code examples in there are things that you can use. You know, right now in your in your current job, but it also you know, go through the process of why did I write it that way? You know, what was the purpose behind building it out? You know, kind of going through, you know, conceptualizing like building blocks. You know, the, the example I always use is uh, automating the creation of a virtual machine. Right? You can. There's that there's that fine balancing act of okay you know am, am I going to you know go ahead and create a, a million different variables to you know get all the different things in there well you just ended up recreating the wizard <laughs> that, that that exists and you know so you know kind of talking through of you know hey what what do you you know what can you look up what can you create and then how can you kind of build it out right so you know maybe your first part is just creating the VM you know, in Hyper-V or VMware or or wherever, right? And then from there, you can go and still manually, you know, install the OS. Well, then, you know, you can then take that step further, you know, kind of give that to the team. Okay, the next step is I'm going to start automating the installation of the OS, right? Okay, now that I've got that part automated, let me automate the configuration of that OS. And, you know, so you don't have this massive project of, you know, creating VMs that you takes you you know 6 9 months to anybody start getting use out of you can start getting usage you know right away and you know kind of helps you see how the how the things are being used and how they're being created right and that way you know if things need to change you can kind of stay adaptable and things like that and that's that's a big part of it is you know things change you know we want to we want to adapt you know powershell's been around forever powershell's not going anywhere right but uh, you know, a good example is you have a, a like a web front end for something. You know, PowerShell is not really known for that, but it what you can do is use PowerShell to get that data, right? So you have a, you know a SharePoint site. You can create a form in a SharePoint site in a matter of minutes, and then just have the PowerShell go grab that information, do all, all at once. You know, you have, and then you know, say your company moves to Service Now or, or Salesforce, right? Recreate that same form in Salesforce. Just have that same exact PowerShell script. Just grab that data. All you gotta do is change that one little intermediary in there to you know kind of help grow, uh, you know, and keep everything running smoothly.
2: That sounds like some practical solutions. To be honest with you, so um, and I can I, appreciate admit, that.
0: I'm weak at making my own functions, so I'm, I'll probably be reading this book at some point. Like. I just, I throw it all into one, one script and I don't care how readable there's no functions. There's no, I I definitely need to get better at that part of it.
1: That's, that's chapter two, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I like this book because from what you've described, it, It fits like a a great audience for this is the type of person who's leveraging PowerShell, um, maybe doesn't work at a place with a ton of established best practices and high level of talent and experience that has already done a lot of these things you'll probably be going through. So it kind of enables someone to take what they have done with PowerShell and to really repave how they do everything at work and to take things to, again, the next level of um, kind of where you should be with the automation platform of PowerShell. Yep,
1: definitely. And that's you know, a lot of that kind of comes from, you know, my my experiences over the years, you know, working as a consultant, I got to go into a lot of different companies and see a lot of different ways, you know, that things are done. And I, I can tell you how many times I've gone into a place that they're they're scared of automation, uh, not for cost or, you know, afraid someone's going to lose their job or anything like that. Uh, which side note on that, uh, anywhere I've ever automated, nobody's ever lost their job over it. But many people have gotten promoted over it. So, uh, but you know, and, and they're but they're afraid of automation because somebody wrote some script ten years ago that nobody knows how to change or maintain or update, or they get kind of stuck in there and they get they get kind of scared of that. So, that's where you know, really try to introduce the the modular aspect of things, or you know don't use Excel as a database. (laughs) It's, it's, it's really easy to have PowerShell talk to SQL. know.
0: So my experience with automation at the job previous was it didn't cost my job, but I grew bored enough to look for a different job. And then the automation got me that job. So (laughs) it it was, I kind of, it was, it was pretty siloed and I'd automated so much of it out and I was looking to help or automate other and no one, they were so protective. No limit. One person told me, you can't do that in PowerShell. I'm still mad about it. It's been eight years. <laughs> and I'm still furious telling me you can't do it. In Power- of course I can do it in PowerShell. Yeah. And, yeah, so at the end, everyone was working hard, redoing the same tasks. And I was sitting there bored and I couldn't expand out and I wasn't allowed to go anywhere and I started looking. So, right. so it didn't cost me my job directly, yep. but it definitely led to me going somewhere else.
1: Yep. So yeah, I guess it always, it always helps. I mean, that's, Kind of how I ended up in in the role that I'm in. You know I started out as a uh, system center guy. You know, working you know config manager, service manager, ops manager, and it, it just got to be. It's like you know, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing the same thing over and over at every single you know place I'm going. Let me write a script to do it, and then, you know, kind of grew out from there. And, and you know, the, for the past uh, four years now, I've been the Chief architect on our managed automation team here at uh, Quisitive.
2: Now, in your consulting, do you and you're implementing some automation, some cool PowerShell stuff? Do you ever have to teach your clients PowerShell or kind of get them up to speed?
1: Uh, usually not. I mean, most you know most system administrators that I've worked with know at least enough PowerShell to get themselves going. All right, but we. Uh, We we try to make it so that it's nobody ever has to actually touch PowerShell unless they're going to be making a change or an update to it. Right. So you can, you know, host those PowerShell scripts in, you know, Azure Automation and just have somebody go in and and enter the prompts that they want. Or as I mentioned earlier, you know, have it go out to a SharePoint site, things like that, that, you know, they can then, you know, just enter the forms and there's something on the back end that runs and grabs it, you know. Some of them, you know, you know, like to kind of dig around in there and get going. Uh, we had we had one customer with a uh, an old service desk software that uh, at the time it was still in Silverlight. And uh, we wrote a PowerShell module to interface with the SDK on it. And the company was like, hey, uh, can we get a copy of that? <laughs> <laughs> Send it over to them. Let them have their own little PowerShell module on there. So
0: it's a good starting point. They can always build on it.
1: Yep. But yeah, there's there's some you know some customers I'll will sit down with and work through you know a, a PowerShell script you know one at a time if that's what they that's how they want to do it you know. if that or you know, that was a lot more common back in the SMA days. If y'all remember those, but in between Orchestrator and, uh, and Azure Automation. Everything was written in PowerShell workflow and that was a oh, yeah. learning curve for quite a few people. But
2: I want to go back to an earlier thing you said about automation because it is such a common fear. It's like automating to lose, like we'll take away jobs or things like that. But you said it does never happen, but it's actually led to promotions for the people who you're providing automation for.
1: Yep. Yeah, so we've, we've had it I mean, quite a few times, like I said, you know, I run a managed automation team uh, here at Acquisitive, and we automate numerous things, Uh, you know, the most common being, you know, user onboarding and offboarding, uh, server patching, or, you know, just maintenance of, uh, you know, usually an Azure-based or (laughs) cloud-based offerings. but yeah you know, we we've, we've gone into places where i mean their processes to onboard a person were just absolutely ridiculous it was taking them weeks to do and it's because no place ever has anybody whose job it is to onboard unless you're you know a fortune 100 company you're not having that guy that's sitting there just creating ad accounts all day long right so it was really waiting on somebody else to be able to get in there and do that uh but we we did have you know one customer who was they uh, of a lot of you know they they buy other companies and sell other companies so there's mat, their onboarding is not steady but it comes in huge huge waves so they, they really had to keep somebody around to just you know they, they couldn't give uh, you know individual more responsibilities because they kind of had to wait around for things to you know when, when one of those major surges came uh, but you know, once we were able to automate that process and take it down to ten minutes, as you know, opposed to ten days, you know, then she ended up you know getting a promotion. I think moved out to a you know start being able to work remotely and and everything like that as well too. So that's happened quite a few times.
0: Yeah. If if you are locked into doing, I don't want to say busy work, but. Uh, remedial tasks like that constantly with no chance for growth, you're going to get stuck there. If you can show the initiative to remove that and not have to do it, that's a, that's a big win. That's a big plus for you. Definitely.
2: It sounds like your automation kind of opened the door for that to be possible in their environment.
1: We've, we've, we see that time and time again, where it's just, you know, somebody had this responsibility. They don't, they don't really realize how much time it sucks away from them. You know, creating an ID account. Oh, that takes a couple minutes. Yeah, but you have to stop what you're doing. You have to go over there and you have to create it. You know, all those type of things. And uh, you know, so that that's really helped kind of you know through a lot of those processes. And the other ones is you know, you you may not always remember. Right? That's 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 one of the things that I I talk about is like you know, you know, you may have a task that you only have to do once a month or once a year, but it, you know, it's kind of repetitive or kind of has a lot of steps to it. You may not get that automatic ROI on it, but it's definitely going to, you know, make things cleaner and easier for you You know, every time you have to do it. You know, the, a really cheesy example is I have a PowerShell script that I run that takes anything in my mailbox that's over six months old and just throws it into a archive for me. You know, it's, so I don't have to sit there and just, you know, thumb through things, but, you know, or if you have you know, large data sets that you need to go through. Sometimes it probably took me a little longer to write that PowerShell, to parse it, to read it, but you know what? I know I'm not making mistakes now.
0: So I'm, I'm curious with the, the mailbox one. Is that something where you have to have more admin to open up the mailbox, or could you use it to just target your specific mailbox with your credentials if you weren't an admin?
1: Uh, so I'm actually not an admin. So I, I use the, uh, the Outlook uh, com objects. Okay. And, and uh and do that. So uh I, I got I got quite a few of them. I, I don't know if I've, I've shared them out yet, but I definitely need to if I haven't. Um wrote one, you know, I I get so many alerts throughout it throughout the day that, you know, I don't ever I don't want to create a rule to have all these alerts clear out of my inbox because then I won't see them. But at the same time, you know, when I come in, in the morning I have seventy of the the same alert you know I can look once and I don't have to sit there and hit that button over and over again. so I have a powershell that just goes and says okay move these over here for me real quick. I've, I've seen them in my inbox. I'm happy now you know but there's I still get that notification on my phone like I would with a with our rule things like that so some of the ways I've, I've helped myself stay uh, organized.
2: I have a bit of a question about, I don't know exactly how I want to phrase it, um, but it's kind of related to, you're mentioning that some of these, maybe a customer had that pretty uh, long onboarding process and you're mentioning automating some other things for people and it leads to them maybe more embracing uh, automation and stuff like that. So how big of a factor do you find company culture and how they approach making changes and visibility and like being aware that hey this person's spending six hours a week creating new accounts like how a big of a factor where do you feel like culture plays into that
1: uh that's that's, that's a great question so there's a lot of it it plays it plays into it a lot but it it never has to impact you i guess is is a good way to, to put it so uh one of the philosophies that you know i learned early on with with going out to different customers and and trying to help automate them is a lot of them don't want to change what their process is right so so if you can fit the automation to their process obviously you never want to automate a broken process you know you just at that point you have to be honest okay this process is broken you know we we need to, but you know as, as i mentioned in you know like I said, I talk about a lot in my book, is, is, those, is those building blocks, right? So there's a, a a great example is a customer I went to to help them automate their server patching. And they just, they have all sorts of, you know, they have, they have Oracle and, and DBA and you know AS400s and all these other things that require all these services to be started and stopped in particular orders. Certain machines have to be rebooted in, in particular orders. You know, so so we went in there and and we we helped. You know, we, we were talking to the, doing the initial discovery stuff, talked with the Windows guys, and they're going through telling me all the stuff. You know, here's what we do with our SQL servers. Here's what we do with our Exchange servers. Uh, and then the Linux guys were like, "No, you're not touching my machines. Just no." <laughs> and uh, so we're like, "All right, you know, fine." So we we went and we automated the Windows. Servers and we, we, what we did is we, you know, because they, to do their patching, they would all get on a phone call. All the Windows guys, all the Linux guys, all the, you know, database guys, everyone would get on the a big phone call. Everyone would take everything down, servers would patch, everyone would sit there while they patched, bring everything back up, turn stuff back on, do their testing, things like that. All right. And after like the first three weeks where the guys, you know, one person from the Windows team would get on and say, All right, I'm pushing the button. And you know, they would they would call them back a couple hours later. You know, the so we were they were able to, you know, this they, they still got on that call. They still followed their processes, you know, stopped the services, you know, did things like that. But we were able to integrate it in with their process. We didn't take over their process, say, no, 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 you you can't do that. You have to do it this way, you know, by, you know, going in there and melding it to their process, that kind of the rest of the helped open up the rest of the team and a, and a few months later the linux guys were like hey uh, i want to start taking a look at some of our things and you know then there was like all right well you know we'll we'll take over the jenkins part of stopping the services all right and they they were still doing the patching you know and then a few months later they're like all right well that jenkins part's kind of working well once you know start doing the patching so kind of integrated into the process and uh and we're able to you know kind of sh- streamline that now Some people, you know, I always tell them, "It's like if if you're automating, this is a perfect time to change your (laughs) change your processes, right?" It's like I'm I'm the consultant; I'll be the bad guy. You can go tell the tell the company that I said so if you really want to, and you're you're afraid to change your processes, but you know, you don't have to. This is kind of what I'm saying.
2: I think that a great way, if you are one of those people inside a company that's a little rigid, a little um, hesitant to change, and you don't have a position where you can just dictate everything that is happening, is to get an external source of authority to not only increase your confidence that the way you're approaching things and what you're suggesting is legit, but also to be able to bring in whatever resource, like maybe the practical um the practical automation with PowerShell book that you've written, or you know, maybe some other talks. But if you're able to bring that in, you may have a little bit more success with actually getting change and showing what works, and maybe highlighting some of the benefits.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and you know, like I said before, you you don't have to have this huge, out of the gate, you know, automation project. You you, you can start small and 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 build upon it. And if you build it appropriately, that's You know, as easy just, you know, adding another module and there you go. Now you're, you're kind of building it out the other way. And, you know, it's kind of the approach that we've always taken.
2: Nice. And I think something that I found trying to move towards a more automation approach is to be verbal with the stuff that it's doing, like let people make it visible, the success that it's having. You know, don't just keep all the work you're doing in private, you know, kind of in whatever way, share what's happening with the team so they can be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. This is working well. Look at all this efficiency and time savings. We should see what else he has in mind Mm -hmm. or she has in mind for for some other automations they want to bring in.
1: Definitely. And that's that's a a good one uh, to remember, too, when you're dealing with like a CFO. You know, if I if was like, I don't care, I'm paying somebody this much. And if it gets done in 10 minutes versus an hour, I, I don't care. But then when you go to them and say, Hey, if it gets done in 10 minutes, then they could do these other things for the other 50 minutes and, and, and be able to show that ROI on there is, is a big to a company. Yeah. You know, I don't, that's, the number one thing, you no know, matter how scared somebody, you know, a company is of, of automation or how hesitant they may be, if you show them ROI, they're going to, all right, that, that, that kind of opens up some executive and C level eyes.
2: And it kind of makes you an asset as the one responsible for creating that ROI. Definitely. That's fun stuff. Um, to me, this is really at least for my journey in PowerShell, this is kind of what it's all about, is taking that next step, learning how to do things better, um, changing culture at work, making it so if you're staying at your current job for the long term, it's going to be a better environment to do things in a better way, to free you up, to not be working on tech debt all the time. Um,
1: Very cool. I definitely (laughs) got to pick this book up. Getting away from that tech debt. And, you know, that's uh, another good point too is, you know, and that's, that's something that I cover in the book as well. Is you know, like using source control. You know, the, there's there's so many places you know, that they, they have a they have a share or they have a OneDrive with you know all these PS one scripts in, uh, you know, and the, the the lines are starting to blur. You know, between you know, kind of like system administrators, and, you know, and the the developers and things like that. But uh, you know, if, even if you consider yourself to be a you know a, a strict sysadmin, right? You, you can still get benefit from using GitHub. You know, go create a free account, and get stuff in there, and it's easy, it's simple, and, oh, man, it just makes, it makes your life so much easier when you can go see what a script was 10 minutes ago versus what it is now and, and all those things, and that, that'll help you and, and your company to continue that growth, set that platform.
2: So earlier you were mentioning... The kind of sysadmins, most sysadmins uh, are able to run some PowerShell. So it sounds like they're being exposed to it, or there's some expectation of being able to run commands, which is fair. You know, I'm a little, my, my perspective is a bit skewed because I consume too much PowerShell and have been using it for too long. <laughs> um, but but from your perspective, it sounds like there's that audience of people who haven't fully embraced automation, who haven't uh, gotten to that next level with PowerShell. And, This is probably not a question you can answer, which is how do we reach them? Because in my opinion, that's how we need to kind of go about improving the security of many organizations is they need to work towards automation, work towards eliminating tech debt, work towards empowering their admins to actually administer at scale and blah, 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 all that kind of thing. Like, um, I think as a world, we have uh, reasons to want that and also as podcast hosts and as someone who's writing a book about practical automation. But how do we, do you see any ways to kind of accelerate the process of spreading this automation goodness uh, throughout the sysadmin world? Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I think the the biggest way is to just kind of, you know, give them the opportunity to learn it and, and see it. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say somebody is like intimidated by command line, right? Because, I mean, we all... Everybody knows how to IP configure, <laughs> run those those type of things, uh, you know. But you know, if you if you get somebody and you know, you see them clicking through the GUI wizard twenty times, doing the same thing over and over and over again, show them, hey, man, you can do this with like two lines of of script. It's like, well, you know, I don't even know how to do this. Like, you know, all you have to do is just, you don't have to remember even how to type that. Just save that as a PS1 file. Next time you need to do that, you know, call that file back up again. And uh, you know, and, and kind of just show that that was uh, like I said, it was a, a blog series I did years ago it was on uh, the service manager uh, PowerShell because it that that PowerShell module was very intimidating because it the, the way that. Um, service Manager is structured is you have like work items and then they break down in all these different types. You need to remember all these names. It's, there's like one command to like get work item. You have to know which type of work item it is that you want, whether it's incident, problem, things like that. And and that's where a lot of people start, kind of started. Yeah, you know, I don't like to do all that.
2: Uh, service Manager is, uh, is a ticketing system kind of thing. It's,
1: yeah, it's a, a part of the system center uh, suite. Okay. It's a ticketing system. Uh, and but you're just kind of showing them of, of hey, you know, you wanted that list of, of open incidents. Here's, you know, one line of code you can do and now there they all are, you know, scrolling scrolling down your screen. It's not, you know once once you once you conceptualize it, it's it's a lot simpler. Looking at that code can be, you know, daunting. But once you once you kind of take back and look at it and, and see what it's doing, then it becomes logical right then you can just say you know hey i can i can, where it says incident right there i can just change that to say you know problem or service request yeah and now you have you know and then you kind of build build upon that right i know i know microsoft's tried to push it a lot with like the the exchange online there's things that you can only do through powershell now
0: yeah and ms graph i think is a big step towards making it more mandatory for a an azure workspace one one area I was always I did this poorly, and that was I was always so aggressive in trying to make people adopt PowerShell that it was like I was at a party trying to show them pictures of my kids and no one cared. <laughs> yes. uh, and w- what what you sh- what the best way to go about it is sh- show the value constantly and be ready to teach when they show interest. But you can't you can't force it. If someone doesn't want to do it, then they're not going to learn it anyway. Yep. So just just show value and wait. I had a a buddy of mine who's He's my future boss, if I'm being honest. It's always been that way since he first started in IT. Very resistant to PowerShell. I could never get him to pick it up. And a few months ago, he reached out to me because he was struggling with things. And it started off with, he had redone a script I had written years ago to kind of make it work for a new environment. And then every week, I would, would check in and work on the code together. And it went from... He just asked some questions to where he was making attempts at it. And then we just do some cleanup. And by the end of it, he seemed genuinely excited for PowerShell, which is a big win for the community. But when I tried to force him, it was never going to happen. He had to wait for him to, to want the value. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because the company that I work for, we have an infrastructure practice and we have an app dev practice and, you know, my role, I kind of straddle the line between the two. So I, I I see it coming from, from both sides too. Yeah, you know, the developer is like was like you don't need to be using C sharp or Python to you know to do that. You know, here's here's you know one line of PowerShell for you to be able to you know, we had a, a third party ticketing system with a you know an API, a REST API to, to get in, you know, one of our guys was, you know, is C sharp developer. So he wrote like a web app to be able to pull that data I'm like Man, it, it, invoke REST method <laughs> you know? and then, then then pass those parameters and you're done. <laughs> you know, no compiling or anything else needed. And that, that really helps them pick that up as well.
2: Dude, shout out REST APIs. Shout out invoke REST method. Love them. Always got to highlight them. If you aren't really using um, APIs yet, definitely recommend it.
1: Yep, that's that's definitely... The, uh, the kind of the, the wave of the future, you know, uh, especially with you, know, you guys were just mentioning with the Microsoft Graph and all that, you know, basically everything your your PowerShell modules are going to be just API calls wrappers. They're they're getting that way.
2: Yeah, and I think going from never consuming APIs to consuming APIs on automation is like a phase. Like if you're not familiar with it you will have to learn quite a bit and you'll run into some hiccups and it won't quite, you know, there, there's that learning phase, at least for me, there was.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a big thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of people uh, when I was writing the book to find out what people were interested in learning and everyone's, you know, APIs are the kind of the number one thing that people were always saying. It's like, you know, you could write a book on pretty much every API out there. Right. But if, if you learn, and it's cause the, the 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 pain of it is you know there's no standardization on how you authenticate them, right? But once you get past that authentication stage, then it just becomes rinse and repeat. you know it's it's JSON, it's XML. it's you know you're getting that data, you're talking back and forth. Uh, you know most of them are pretty well documented nowadays as well, too. so but yeah, you know, we do do cover some parts of that in the book as well. Just, you know, basics, you know, here's how you connect to an API. Here's how you bring that data back, you know, pass it between different ones and things like that.
2: Nice. Yeah. There's also a Gainesville meetup next month uh, where Devin Rich from Utah, um, if Jordan, shout out to you, Utah. um, He'll be talking about web APIs and all the kind of different authentication methods and all that. Um, but, yeah, to anyone out there who is in the early stages of their REST API interactions, I definitely recommend pushing through those initial hurdles and figuring out how it all works and uh, start taking advantage of it. Because especially in the current day, there's just so much you can do, and it really enables you to, at least for me, it feels more like build, I don't want to say applications necessarily, but like really actually do things. Because you can tie into other resources that you can maybe develop with something else, Um yeah, it's very adaptable yeah
1: yeah would definitely I mean <laughs> it, it's it's great to be able to kind of bring all that stuff together into one place as well too you know uh, to work on some things where you know getting Azure alerts out of Azure and then comparing them against you know what got sent to like PagerDuty or you know other uh, platforms you know grab things out of SharePoint grab things out of you know serviceNow grab things out of Salesforce, put them all together into one script, and you can you know really help kind of clean things up, and you know and get your your data synchronized and keep everything clean.
2: Very cool. I'm excited to hear uh, what it's like for someone to go from not having gone through the book and having it, a lot of the stuff be fresh to them and then go through actually where they are at the end of it and then kind of how that plays for them. Because I can imagine this is kind of a bit of a catalyst or at least could be for quite a few people and different organizations.
1: Definitely. And it's it it's written in such a way that you can go in and you can read any given chapter as, as a standalone chapter. So, you know, if, if you're not interested in, you know, Writing secure scripts, which I mean, you should be, but you know, a lot of people are already familiar with the secrets management module, things like that. You can just skip right on to the SQL stage, or you can skip right to the cloud stage, or you know, right to the front end form chapter, things like that. So, take it as you need it.
0: I think secrets is the that's big one. If you're not familiar with secrets, that's 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 to me the main thing to know right now because that's going to be your biggest hurdle, especially with recent events and breaches being involved with clear text passwords yes. uh, c- secrets is your defense both to be allowed to continue to do it as well as you know not putting your passwords in clear text
1: yep and there is I spent quite a bit of time uh, talking cuz that's you know beyond the you know we, you know we don't want to get stuck in an automation thing the the, the second thing is is the security aspect of it you know and i actually talking there about how how you can go talk to your security team and your ciso's about you know here's what we're doing to secure our scripts here's you know whether you're using code where you're using the secret modules keeping things in key vaults you know using the you know, just in time administration or you know least least required privileges all those type of things you, you, you go to a, to a ciso with that you know they're going to they're going to listen a lot better than when you just go hey oh, yeah, i need global admin I, I need this to be a domain admin
2: And I think that if you take pride in your work and you're trying to be in this career for a long time, you should strive to do things in the most secure way um, because your name will be associated with something. If you didn't do kind of what you should have later on, it could come up. It's just, it's better to do things the right way and be a little bit proud of your work, not ashamed and fearful of what you've done in the past.
1: Definitely. And then, yeah, when it comes to to security, especially, don't get any tech debt on security. You get that right from the start.
2: Yeah, especially as a consultant. But you know, just yeah, definitely, security is important. People and a lot of the people listening. Well, really, everyone is responsible for it. So let's let's all take it serious together. I know things aren't perfect, but we can make it better.
0: If, if I'm being honest, I did a webcast on uh, PowerShell security, not the ongoing. And really, all I did was still everything in Andrew's blog and talk about it.
2: Oh, for secrets! For secrets, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot to PowerShell and the visibility you can get into it.
1: Yeah, we talk about a lot, of, you know, like securing your platforms, right? So, you know, a, a big thing is, you know, if you have these secrets saved inside your platform, right? If, if you're using, you know, uh, you know, Control M, Jenkins, Azure Automation, you know, what whatever, you know, secret vaults, things like that. Set up two environments. Set up a dev environment that you know talks to these machines over there and then have your prod environment with your credentials that you know are need to be really secure and control the access to that environment. Don't let somebody just go in there and be able to write scripts and pull those credentials down.
0: Yeah. That's that's important stuff right there. <laughs> I guess there's nothing with with almost any mistake. There's uh, they're taking ownership and, and working through being part of the solution is is good enough. If it's a mistake in security, I think there's not a lot of coming back from that.
2: Just I hope it. that people aren't super overworked and also have the expectation of doing things properly while someone's yelling at them, while they're answering tickets and someone's walking in the front door. You know, I can imagine a lot of very toxic environments where like insecure things can just... When everything smells like um well, anyways, if things are bad, I can imagine some bad things just transpire out of that
1: and yeah you know, i'm I'm very much you know uh, of the mindset to you know it's, it's, hey, if something went wrong, admit it, fix it and move on you know if i'm if I'm working with a company and they're they're trying to hide a breach or something like that uh uh-uh, that's that's automatically going you know make me not trust them on anything ever again.
2: And I, I think a lot of what we're talking about, we're trying to we're trying to change cultures sort of a little bit. And building trust is part of that, which kind of goes back into the security thing, you know, do things in a trustworthy way if you're really trying to make lasting change um, and make things better.
1: Learn learn certificates and secrets and then we don't have to worry about passwords getting leaked anymore.
2: So going a kind of different direction, and I'm I'm just kind of curious because I don't know too much about you, but um, you found yourself doing this PowerShell Weekly thing for a couple of years. Now you've taken on the huge project of writing a freaking book. Um, what do you hope to get from your career or from this? Or, or are you just kind of like enjoying where things are and seeing what happens? Or, or do you have any kind of concrete goals for what you want to maybe accomplish?
1: No, I mean, I'm... I'm pretty happy with, with the with the kind of the way that things are going. You know, I, I uh, you know I, I enjoy you know working in, in PowerShell. I enjoy automating and, and I enjoy problem solving. I guess is the, is the best way to, to put that. So you know that's the when I yeah you know, as, as I mentioned I started out you know with, with the Quisitive or you know, formerly Catapult. Uh, 11 years ago you know I was a system center consultant and you know they've kind of helped me grow and, and say hey you know what that's you know this automation stuff is is kind of taking off we're we're building that out and you know really just being able to kind of go in different places and and see the way that you know other other companies do things you know it's it's not always like me going in there like oh I'm the subject matter expert you know it's it's going in there and it's, it's you know every customer I go to I I learn something new right and I I love to learn and I love to uh problem solve and I and I love to share that knowledge <laughs> I, I you know my wife always kind of jokes with me she's you know, her favorite thing of the day is when I come out of my office and be like hey you want to know what I learned today <laughs> and just tell her some random fact and you know she gets a kick out of it, so as long as I can keep coming up, you know, with new things to do and making my wife smile when I come out of the office, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty happy.
0: So the, getting the kick out of it is uh, funny mm-hmm. because my wife is pretty pretty far into marketing, and we will always talk about our day mm-hmm. and not understand a thing that each other is saying, but we're just excited that the other one's excited about it. Yes, there's like yes. a whole conversation where we talk about everything we did and none of it, none of it lands because we're just yep. in, in different worlds on that suit, but it's just the conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. Someone else has joined me. Like when my, my son's obsessed with marbles at the moment, So I've marbles and fire alarms. So I've, I've learned about everything there is to know about those two things.
0: Well, now I got to combine them somehow. Yes. There we go. That's interesting. It's,
2: a pretty cool journey, though, because it doesn't sound like you kind of sought out expecting to, you know, write a book and do this other kind of thing. Um, now that you've finished the book or are finishing it, are you in the period of like, definitely not going to commit to any books for a few years, definitely going to recharge? Or are you like, OK, I could do another one like that was enjoyable. Where are you with things?
1: Um So I, I enjoyed the writing process. I don't know if my my wife and kids enjoyed it as <laughs> much as as I did. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, once I finally finished the writing process of it, I remember you know sitting there on a Saturday morning, just you know hanging out with my kids and my son, just looking at me. He's like, "Dad, why aren't you working? It's Saturday." He's like, "Well, what about your book? <laughs> I don't have everything to do today. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Let me take some time." So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a it it's it's quite a bit of commitment to it. I can definitely uh, see expanding upon the the current one. I guess there was you know there's 14 chapters in there, you know, each one of them, you know, completely standalone on, on different things. And there, there's, there's just, there's just so much to it. You know, it's some things you can only kind of scratch the surface on. I'd really like to kind of delve down and uh, kind of work on that, but I'll definitely be you know working on some blogs. I'm working on a blog series right now on how I actually automated the writing of my automation book. So yeah, there's a lot of little things, you know, in the writing process that, you know, didn't account for. Uh, one of the things that absolutely killed me was, you know, when some, when a book's going to be printed, there can't be more than 76 characters on a line. So, you know, PowerShell can get pretty verbose. <laughs> Trying to get all your lines down to 70, 76. And so I wrote a PowerShell script that actually pulled the uh, PowerShell out of my book, checked the line spacing, checked the intentions made, everything, and then, you know, sync that against GitHub to ensure that if somebody wants to just go look at the code behind it, it's all the same you know, in each place. So there, there's definitely a lot more work to it than anticipated, but I definitely wouldn't say it was my last book, but I'm definitely going to be taking at least a few months off afterwards.
0: I think you're allowed.
1: Yeah.
2: Pretty cool. Um, you sound pretty disciplined to be able to <laughs> Handle writing an entire book and enjoy the process. So kudos to that. You've definitely figured out your uh, your writing capabilities more than most.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a a learning experience. You know, my uh, my wife's an English major, so I've always had a editor at home. But uh, dealing with actual editors. <laughs> It was a little different than, than dealing with my wife.
0: <laughs> I, I've run the numbers. I end up with uh, at least two extra commas per sentence.
1: Yeah. They're in the wrong spots. or <laughs>
0: hey, I don't know where they go. I just throw in some commas just to make sure <laughs> yeah. I got them. Well,
2: I have a question. So I, I see that you're not on Discord. Do you ever go to any conferences, any user groups, any any interaction in that uh, area and any interest in doing more? i'm
1: Definitely, always interested in doing more. Um, I'm here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I'm, you know, I'm on the board of the Dallas-Fort Worth System Management User Group uh, here. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't ever made the Dallas PowerShell Group because they hold their uh, meetings on Saturday mornings, and I coach my daughter's soccer team, and our games are on Saturday mornings. So. Uh, have n't made down there, but yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've talked with the New York guys, the Southampton guys. Always, you know, looking for for other opportunities. To, uh, try to get to conferences when I can. You know, the company hasn't always been the best about letting people go unless you're a speaker. And, you
2: know. how do you feel about that?
1: I mean, I, I love I love speaking. I love you know, like I said, I, I love sharing my knowledge with the world and uh, and going out and doing that. I haven't been able to do that in the last year because I've been committed to writing the book, but definitely looking to uh, kind of start getting out there some more again.
0: Uh, If you uh, reach out to James Petty, you'll make his week.
2: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the CFP for uh, PowerShell Summit is open.
1: Yes,
2: (laughs) saw that. I mean, this guy, you wrote a book on uh, practical automation with PowerShell. I think you should... See your audience, you know, interact with people.
0: <laughs> We're making it's the hard, hard. sell.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I want yeah. me to meet the guy.
0: It would behoove you. <laughs> yeah. I, I do
1: need. I do need to get on Discord more often. I, I, I believe I'm logged on. I have I've logged in a couple times. I'm I'm mainly on Twitter and Reddit. But...
2: I saw you on Reddit i'm I'm scared of Reddit. they've never done anything too bad, but I just
0: i don't know
1: I always I always say if you if you want to know what's wrong with your script, post it on reddit
0: <laughs> it It does seem like the uh most finicky group of, yeah. of 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 the social medias. does reddit still fall into so I don't understand where the det- distinction falls off
1: i I think most people consider it social media, yeah. although you can be anonymous on it
2: like yeah. Some- yeah. Posts and comments, right? You post something, people comment, just yep. different threading a little bit. Yeah, I think that you could definitely make a good CFP. Honestly, you could just choose anything. You had so much content <laughs> that you've done, um, a lot of things to choose from.
0: We're making a hard push, and I don't think either you nor I have submitted anything to James either. So
2: <laughs> we're doing our best, OK? <laughs>
0: We had some ideas, I believe. We just need to work them out, right? Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to dive into that. If James is listening, yes. we might. I don't know. Mind your I business,
1: still, James. No, I still have it flagged. Don't want to do that. Right.
0: Well, I think we've come to the point that all of our guests dread the most, uh, and it's where we ask a series of questions that just tax even the the wisest of PowerShell users. Okay. To the very extent of the knowledge, each question more difficult. Uh, we we call this uh, segment common parameters. Uh, we name I don't think we named other segments, but we've named this one.
1: <laughs> I'm sweating a little bit now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Are you ready for the first one? Sure. Uh, what's uh, one time something went wrong while on the job, and how did you handle it? And what did you learn from it? <sighs> oh my God.
1: One of the ones, you know, I wouldn't necessarily went, say it went wrong, but it grew wrong. It, uh, a few years ago, I had a boss who, you know, we wanted to automate the process of doing estimations and work breakdowns and things like that. You know, as, as I was going through collecting the data, he's like, well, just put it in Excel for now. And that'll be your kind of skeleton, and then we can move it to something better later. You know what? Thing is still running in Excel, and I still get random emails about the macros in the background on it. And, you know, so uh, yeah, don't ever make anything in Excel with, with Excel bang.
0: Is, is this the uh, the scripting version of we'll do fix it in Post? Yes. And then there was no Post.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah. basically. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the you know the, the old saying to to errors to human to really. Mess things up takes a computer. Uh, that's you know that 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 can be you know with automation as well too. You know, as as I mentioned earlier, the, the biggest thing is you know if, if you if you mess something up, admit it and and fix it and you know get, and get get it going. You know, there's a. I, I remember one time I reversed the permissions on a on a mailbox offboarding, to where the person that was being offboarded got the permission to the manager's mailbox instead sort of the other way around, uh, which nobody ever caught on to because the accounts were just automatically disabled at that point, right? It, it didn't seem to be a big deal until somebody got rehired and it got turned back on. But, you know, uh, we got that call. You know, we were able to go back in, look at the code. You know, the the, the first thing I did, you know, when they said, hey, it's, so-and-so got permissions to this other person's mailbox, is I, you know, I looked at the code and I said, well, they, you know, they, they shouldn't have, you know, and so I was able to go then go into source control and see if there was any changes to the code that may have caused that reversal. Um, there wasn't, you know, uh, it just turned out somebody put the parameters in the wrong way. Uh, but, you know, you know, but having that log and being able to go back and say, oh, yeah, this happened, but every other account that's that's been happened to is, you know, sitting there disabled. So we were able to, you know, flip the script and have it, you know, run back through and go and fix everything that we had. Uh you know, instead of just you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, you know just assume that nobody's ever gonna get, you know, rehired again. You know, go go through, just just fix it. You know, it took us, you know, probably an hour to, to realize the mistake and you know another thirty minutes to write a script to get it done. And the and client was happy, you know, though, so, you know, obviously nothing was breached. It's, a, it's a, one of those weird situations, right? You're never going to notice something that's given and then automatically disabled at the same time. Right. That's, that's how that kind of slips through, but yeah, just, uh, fix it. There <laughs>
0: you go. Fix <laughs> it my, is the big one.
1: Yeah, my very first boss in it. Uh, I remember going into his office one time and being like, uh, I, broke sharepoint or back then it was wss uh, and he just looked at me and goes fix it so i went back in my office and i fixed it there
0: you go. that's the leadership
2: all right yeah second. when it comes to errors and scripts i'm like you know that vehicles have safety recalls all the time so it's like if they can't you know humans make mistakes nothing is that
0: easy it's hard things yeah. are hard yep yeah. go ahead jordan all right we're up in the game now we, st- we started off I actually always feel like we have this switch like it gets easier and easier but that's yeah I, i'm gonna keep going with the bit with with your knowledge now uh, what's one tip you would give your younger self when you're first starting out in it yeah
1: maybe not to my younger self because i'm pretty stubborn sometimes but you know I, I always like to learn how things work instead of you know just how to make it work um but the the one thing I would I would say to my to my younger self is uh, and you know my make people some other people listen to this cringe as well, but embrace your project managers. Uh, you know, I remember starting out and being like, you know, why, you know, why I don't wanna go to a fifteen minute stand up every day. This is gonna be a huge waste of my time. And you know, I could I could spend that time working instead of writing user stories or, you know, why do why do I gotta keep you know, but over time I've learned, you know, to to kind of embrace it. You, you know, the, the project managers are there because they know how to build that those systems and the, those projects. And you know, you don't have to do it. There, there was a there was a point where I actually lost my project manager, and I was like drowning, you know, trying to keep up with you know all the changes that we need to make and make the changes at the same time. It actually, became a you know. Is, is going to be two full-time jobs so you know use yeah. that to your advantage.
0: If you keep up to date with a project manager, they're going to clear roadblocks for you. If you keep them out of the loop, they're just going to assume what the roadblocks are and you're not always going to like the result.
1: And you, you can let them be your bulldog for you. Go, go chase down the things that you need you know they'll go deal with the executives and everything like that it's it's just great.
0: All right. Well, last one. This is the one that uh, sends people in into uh, nightmares. I've I've heard for months after. Uh, what what are your three favorite modules?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I've I, I thought a lot about that. Um, and, uh,
2: promo yeah. your modules. Just promo yours.
1: So. <laughs> I don't, well, to be honest, so uh, I will, I'll I'll promote one of mine. Uh, PS Notes is the one I wrote. And again, it's it's the the snippet concept of you know I I got tired of switching between Azure uh, subscriptions all the time, so wrote a little snippet that does it you know quickly for me, and uh, it lets you save those snippets and then assign them keywords. All right, so I can just type in az con in my console, and it will pop me up a whole prompt on you know connecting to my Azure environments or you know, I could just type in, you know, crit. And it's going to, you know, automatically do the get credentials, save it to a variable for me, do all that kind of stuff. So just, I'm you know, saving myself some time in there. But, um, you know, some of the, uh, I thought I would talk about some of the ones that, you know, I mean, everybody uses DBA scripts, and you know, PNP modules and and those type of ones. Uh, I probably spend, you know, 80% of my day in the Azure modules here lately, but uh, uh, some of the ones that, that I've, I've been finding a lot of use for here lately is there's one one's a PSPX. Uh, it's uh, oh man, I'm now, I'm now I'm drawing a blank on right? it's, I, say it was, I don't want to say it was Doug. But uh, it allows you to take Markdown and run that as as a PowerShell. So Doug. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh you know, so you know, I spend a lot of time in Azure DevOps and you know, all these different things. You know I, I would love if uh notebooks and things like that supported PowerShell a little bit more. They, they don't. Uh this is a really good way to be able to share things amongst your team. Uh to be able to say, you know, hey, go, you know. Run this, and they can pull those scripts down and and run them real time on their machines. You don't have to, you know, if you don't have cloud environments and things like that, that they need to go across. Um, Another one that I've been using a lot here lately is VS Team. So, uh, one thing that absolutely drives me crazy in uh, in DevOps is you can create a template of a of a item but it will not include any of the child items. So you, know, you can create a backlog item and then all the tasks to be able to do it. A lot of them are very repetitive. I'm not gonna click 20 times to make each one of them. <laughs> so use that one to quickly populate my my backlogs. And then uh, another one recently came out is uh, curl to PS, as we are talking earlier about, you know, mm. REST APIs. Pretty much every REST API you go too, when you look at the documentation, it's going to be written for Curl. And uh, this guy, I, oh man, now I'm drawing a blank on the name again too.
2: So wrote, the Wolf. Um, yes. Yeah, can't remember it. Yeah. Posh Wolf.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, Posh Wolf. Yes, wrote the the Curl to PS, which you can take those Curl examples and transform to the PS. And there were there were some that I was working with that that broke it, and I I sent them over a little note, and said, hey, you know, here's wheels don't, and you got that thing updated the next day pretty much so those are some moments uh I do have one more for personally I've been playing with the uh shell lately which is which is kind of fun it's a spotify uh add-on for uh for powershell so I've been going through and, and kind of just playing around creating myself different playlists and you know trying to use it to discover new music and you know, because if, if you use the, the Spotify Daily Mixes, you're going to get the same 20 songs over and over and over again. It's like, hey, let's take this artist and find something a little more, you know, deep in their catalog, and create me a playlist for it and play around with it. So, those are always kind of fun little side projects that I'm playing around with.
0: It's It was the first blog I wrote here was building the hipster playlist out of spotify i didn't realize i could make a whole module out of it i just did it for fun it's yep. <laughs> fantastic yep. i have a question uh you
2: mentioned pspx which is the doug module which allows you to execute scripts written in markdown when you say scripts written in markdown do you mean just a Markdown file that's actually, like it could be PS1, but they just change it to MD? Or is it like a Markdown formatted file with a PowerShell code little area and it executes that code?
1: So it's both. So so he wrote it so that you could, you know, if it's a, just a PS1, you could just rename it to an MD and it'll grab it and do that. Uh, or he wrote it to where it'll go through and it'll grab the code block, so You can have all your other text in there and, and have it, you know, be able to pull that that down. Uh, one of the great uses I found for it is uh, via Cloud Shell in the Azure portal. So you can open up a PowerShell window inside of Azure. The downside to it is you don't have all the things that you normally have on your local box, but you can use that to import those things in without having to copy over all these modules and files and scripts and things like that.
2: It's- we're always connecting things in new, interesting ways with this whole PowerShell thing. Yep. Love to hear it. And that was uh, definitely that was a good three. That was a healthy yeah. three right there. <laughs> it was four, but <laughs> very healthy three.
0: But I don't know. There's a lot of. Those I'm excited to go. I actually wanted to go look at the Spotted Shell because I'm sure they did it better than I did. Because I, I wrote my blog like a month before all of the new uh, improvements came to the uh, Git Web Request. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that's how I found it. I was I had started out writing some uh PowerShell for Spotify and I'm like, man, they're, they're, their 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 API is kind of you know Yeah a lot, a lot of paging, a lot of you know subqueries and and things like that. I'm like, has somebody else thought about this yet? And <laughs> uh, nine times out of ten with PowerShell, the answer is usually yes. Somebody ha somebody else has thought about this
0: it just goes back to maybe i shouldn't hate all of my ideas right away because yeah. someone else did it probably did it way better and and it's well liked i just need to uh I need, I need to follow through on something we'll see how that goes
1: uh, it's funny I, actually, uh, I i got into it originally because there's a radio station in san antonio that my wife and i just love it's like it's like they they stopped updating their playlist in, like, 1998. <laughs> so every time we, we'd go visit my sister in San Antonio, the card would automatically be on that. It's the only time we ever listen to radio is when we went to San Antonio and listened to the, that station. So I wrote a uh, thing to, that their their website listed out what songs are currently playing. So I just had to, I wrote a script that went and just randomly grabbed their website to see what they were building. And then I was like, oh, you know, if I could put this into a Spotify list and and kind of build it out from there
0: all right well matt i appreciate your time but i have some information that i think we need to get out there about uh, andrew i i have talked him up a bit you know some some minor embellishment for his excellence in shilling and people hear this and they assume that it's always been used for good but did you know when sauron built all those rings he couldn't get anyone to take them no one wanted them so he hired Andrew to go extol the virtues of the rings, thus leading to the cataclysm and, and uh, all those strife. Uh, so I, for one, am glad that he's turned over a new leaf and he's using it for good, but he's here to use all of that power to help us shell our podcast. Take it away, Andrew. Ooh. Well, Jordan, thank you for all the fancy
2: words. <laughs> I understood about half of those. Um, I assume it was kind things you said. So continuing from there, thank you audience for listening. Um, give us five stars on your podcast player of choice and say some nice words in the comments section to help people discover it. All right, We're trying to spread this whole PowerShell thing, get more people embracing automation, trying to make the world more secure, all kinds of great stuff. Make sure to share that out. Um, if you're checking us out on YouTube, leave a comment and a like there. Even subscribe for me. Hit it up. Why not? You can send us an email at PowerShell@pdq.com at or tweet us at powershellpod on Twitter with feedback and kind things. <laughs> Thank you to our esteemed guest, Matthew Doust. Where can we uh, keep track of you? Where can we follow you? Where are you? Uh,
1: the best place is probably Twitter. Uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, M. Doust, Twitter, Reddit, LinkedIn. One of the benefits of having a weird last name. It's, and, and being in tech, as I always get my name for things, so. It's uh, pretty much mdaust everywhere you look. And I also have my site, Yeah,
0: We were actually marveling about that before you hopped on, how uh, the the main thing we learned about branding is using the same name across all platforms, and you've crushed it. Your branding is on point.
1: Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys. It's been great. Yeah, I find it very
2: fitting that the the person who gives us six modules is is the person responsible for compiling lists of everything all the time. It just goes to show you, if you haven't checked out the PowerShell Weekly yet, check it out. There's a lot of great stuff. You've put a lot of time and effort and curated your style, I guess you could almost say, over the years. Um, And he features us there every week, so... Check it out. A lot of great stuff.
0: Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plough. It all makes sense now. (laughs) The PowerShell Podcast is a production of bdq.com.